Turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 1 if you found it. Let's stand together if you're able to for the reading of the Word of God. We'll begin reading in verse number 12. Just read down through verse number 17. The Bible says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I want us to come back into verse number 15, and I want you to see this saying that is there. This is a faithful saying, and I have it underlined that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And boy, I'm so thankful for that statement in the Bible, and I'm going to preach for a little while this morning on the simple mission of Christ. The simple mission of Christ. Let's have a word of prayer, and then you can be seated. Father, we love you. Lord, thank you so much for the Word of God. Thank you for the freedom to be able to gather together this morning. I pray, Lord, that as the Scriptures have been read and our Bibles are open, that our hearts would be open also for that which you have for us. May the Holy Spirit of God speak to our hearts. Lord, if there's one here this morning that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, as Brother Peter spoke about in Sunday school, that Jesus has never been made personal in their life. Lord, I pray that today would be the day. Thank you for your love to us now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. I do want to ask prayer for these next couple weeks. Brother Jim Kelly um, is off on his two weeks, right? And uh, his two weeks this year um, for the, for the uh, National Guard. And so be praying for him as he is off at his training for these two weeks. We, as we read here in 1 Timothy, we understand the context of Scripture as we look at it. This is the first of two books, two letters that are being written to young Timothy. In fact, he's so young that in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 12, that Paul told him, let no man despise thy youth. And so as a young man that the Apostle Paul was able to lead to the Lord, be able to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Timothy committed his heart and life to the Lord, and now Timothy is now the pastor. He's been left in Ephesus uh, for those group of believers there, the pastor at the church at Ephesus. We see this back in verse number 3. The Bible says, "...as I besought thee to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia, that thou mightest charge some that they teach no other doctrine." So Paul has left, left Timothy 
there in Ephesus to be able to preach the gospel, to be able to charge them, to be able to make sure that the right doctrine is being um, proclaimed and being taught. So then we come down through and the Apostle Paul now begins to give some of his personal testimony about being committed into the gospel ministry, what God has prepared for him. We read it in verse number 12. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. But we come down here and what we're keying in on is Christ, the the simple ministry and mission of Christ. You know, there's a lot of things that we could go back over the New Testament, specifically in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and looking at those four Gospels and be able to see all the miracles and the wonderful things that Jesus did while he was here on this earth. If we were to take time this morning, not just to review those, but to be able to start on this side, be able to work our way across, we could probably each give our favorite, maybe as we're going through the Gospels, what your favorite miracle is or what your favorite account of the Lord is as far as through while Jesus was here upon the face of the earth. Now, we're not going to do that, so don't start putting your hands up And uh, because literally we could take the rest of the day just talking about the goodness of the Lord and our favorite parts of the Scripture. I will say this, it's pretty amazing to have someone walking here on the face of the earth that would actually raise someone from the dead who'd been dead for four days already. That's what Jesus did with Lazarus. Isn't that something right there? I mean, just the miracles that Jesus did. You know, it'd be real easy... Even for us today, as we look at the accomplishments of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we could get so focused on all the healing that Jesus did while he was here on this earth. How many believe Jesus did a lot of healing? We could give the examples of the blind man, and he healed multiple blind men while he was here. We could get uh, focused on the the lepers that came to Jesus, and uh, Jesus was able just to speak, and they were healed and be able to go back and be able to show themselves to the priest. We could get focused on maybe that woman that had the issue of blood for 12 years, had spent everything that she could going from doctor to doctor to doctor until finally she met Jesus one day. And uh, Jesus made a difference in her life for the rest of her life, made a difference. We could get focused on those things and say, you know, Jesus was such a great physician. It was mentioned last night as we were having prayer meeting about Jesus being the great physician. Jesus created this body that we're living in. No one knows it better than the Lord Jesus Christ. We get focused on that. We could start talking about those things, about all the miracles and healing. Or we could get focused and start talking about all the teaching that Jesus did. You know, Jesus wasn't just a good healer, but Jesus was a good teacher, wasn't he? And so we talk about the the Sermon on the Mount, don't we? And uh, Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, and chapter 7, where it says that Jesus went up into the mountain and sat down and began to teach them. And then gave us, starting off there, that list of Beatitudes right there in Matthew chapter number 5. And then we get down, when we start talking in chapter number 6, we have the model prayer and teaching his disciples on how to pray. You follow that throughout the Gospels, and we could get focused and 
Testament, and rightfully so, on the teaching that Jesus did. Because listen, if it was important enough for Jesus to teach it, then it's important enough for us to teach it and for us to pay attention and to be able to learn it. We could get focused on that, on the teaching or on the healing, but what about the other miracles? I mean, what about Jesus walking on water? How many think Jesus walking on water and having Peter walk on water? That's pretty cool, isn't it? And uh, man, that'd be awesome just to be able to walk down here and be able to say, I'm going to cross the river. I don't need the bridge. I don't need a boat. I don't need anything. I'm just going to walk across on the top of the water. You say, that's pretty cool. And uh, or raising from the dead, what we had with Lazarus that we made mention of. And over and over and over, the miracles as he walked in. And here's this young lady that's laying there 12 years old. And uh, he said, oh, she's just sleeping. And everybody laughed at him. And he just took her by the hand and raised her up there and raised her from the, from the sleep and from the dead that the people thought that she was. And we look at those things. And there's religions around this world, and may I say this, that that's what they are focused on with the Lord Jesus Christ. They say, well, Jesus was a good prophet. Guess what? He was a good prophet, but he's more than that. They say, well, Jesus was a good teacher. And yes, he's a good teacher, but he's more than that. Yes, he's a great physician. Yes, he was that, but he's more than that. Last week, we looked in John chapter number 10 and looked at the love of the good shepherd. But you know something? He's more than just an earthly shepherd. And the Bible says here, as the Apostle Paul is telling us, listen, all of those things are important. I'm not making light of any one of those things or minimizing the gravity in those lives of what Jesus did. Hey, listen, when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, don't you know that made a difference to Mary and Martha? And that made a difference in their life. But what made the difference in Paul's life as he is making this statement here is that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now we've got to understand, and it's it's interesting that as we look back throughout the scriptures that all these miracles that we just made mention of, can I remind us that they were just a byproduct Or can I put it this way? In the spare time of the Lord Jesus that he performed all these miracles. Even Jesus said in Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10, he says, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I want us to understand this morning and really refocus on the subject matter of the simple mission of Christ on why Jesus came, what was the purpose, and what was the end result. As we look at this simple mission of Christ that he stayed focused on, by the way, that he said that nothing was going to deter him from this. His desire was to save 
souls. And may I say that is still his desire today is that souls may be eternally saved. As we look back here and look at the Apostle Paul, I want you to see a couple things that we'll spend some time on this morning. First of all, I want you to see the severity of the need. Now, I'm going to look in the Apostle Paul's life and the severity of the need. If maybe you're new here with us this morning and you may say, who is this Paul man that you're speaking of? Well, this Paul man that I'm speaking of is someone that God used and in religious realms around this world, they would refer to him as St. Paul. Okay, so yes, that is the same Paul that we are speaking of coming from the word of God and how God used him. But looking back over Paul's life, listen, in our eyes, may I say that he would probably be one of the least qualified candidates that we'd be looking at for Jesus to be able to change his life. You say, why is that? Well, look what the Bible says here in verse number 13. Now, I'm not gossiping about Paul, okay? This is Paul's own testimony. I'm not adding anything to Paul's life that Paul did not already make mention of. Okay, so Paul's own testimony, what he said in verse number 13, look at this. He said that he was thankful that Christ had put him into the ministry who was before a blasphemer. A blasphemer. You say, well, what is that? Listen, this is someone who would publicly, loudly, and without shame or embarrassment, I believe, criticize and go against verbally the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that he would publicly tear him down. I believe that he would publicly, while the crowds were around, ridicule the Lord Jesus Christ and those that believed in him. Over and over and over, Paul has given his testimony throughout the New Testament. And he has said, listen, I was of that one that I would arrest them, that I would condemn them. I believe he blasphemed. That means to speak wickedness against. That would mean to mock. That would mean to to call them out, to blaspheme, to say they're doing it by false power. He was a blasphemer of the Lord Jesus Christ. You would say, hey, if I ever heard someone talking like that, there would not be a doubt in my mind that they could never be saved. And Jesus by no means loves someone like that. Au contraire. Jesus loves every one of them. Because you see the severity of this. The Bible says here that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Can I go ahead and put it this way? If you're here today and you have sinned, guess what? You are a sinner. And that means that Jesus came into this world, guess what? To save you. And Paul is saying, listen, from his own lips, from his own testimony, he's saying, I'm a blasphemer. I was anti-God. Not just saying I don't believe in him. He believed in a God and he did everything he could do to ridicule, to be able to attack, to tear down and speak falsely about God. From his own testimony. Can I say this? How many of us would like to get up this morning and stand up and say, hey, this is what I did and who I was before I got saved. I'll be honest with you, there's not too many that want to get up and start listing those sins off. 
And Paul is saying, I was a blasphemer. But then look at this, not only just a blasphemer, that's his personal life, and that was his personal heart, and that's what was taking place, and that's how he conducted himself. But then he says this, not just a blasphemer, but a persecutor. A persecutor. You say, what do you mean? You mean that's what he did to little ants and things like this. I mean, he would take the magnifying glass and he would direct the sun down upon an ant. How many ever did that? There were some smiles that just took place as soon as I start. Listen, he's not talking about persecuting the ants. He's not talking about shooting little Bambi. He's not talking about that type of persecution. He's not talking about being a big brother to a little brother, okay? And the only reason they're put upon the face of this earth is to be a persecutor to the little brother. Say amen right there, Joshua. You know that's the truth, don't you? And so a persecutor. You say, what was Paul then? Do you understand that Paul lived his life? He was a very devout and religious man. I believe when the synagogue was open, he was there. I believe from a young child, he started learning the, the, the law back in Genesis through Deuteronomy. I believe he memorized it because that was the custom. That was the tradition. And then he saw something springing up at the time of Christ. He saw people starting to believe in this man that was crucified and calling him the Messiah and calling him the Christ, the promised one. And they started focusing on him. And he said, listen, we need to get rid of this. He was so devout in his religion that, listen, he took it upon himself and he would not just in his own city, but he would travel and he would get permission. And he had letters that if he finds anybody, and the Bible says it this way, of this way. Of which way? Of the way of believing that Jesus is who he says he is. And as soon as he found any of them, listen, he had full legal authority to be able to arrest them, to torture them, to persecute them, and eventually kill them. That's the Apostle Paul. Do you understand at the time of salvation, he gives his testimony over and over and over. And he's saying, when it comes to his testimony, he said, I was on the road to Damascus. And he said, at noontime, he said, a bright light shone. He said, the Lord spoke to heaven, spoke from heaven to me and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Hey, listen, even Jesus called him a persecutor. And I look down through here and listen. It would be of the position that if we heard that Paul was in Concord, New Hampshire, that, listen, we would be fearful to assemble and gather together this morning because Paul could walk through those doors and had full legal right to arrest every one of us and haul us back, throw us into the Colosseums, throw us to the wild animals, have us crucified, have us dipped in oil. He persecuted those that named the name of Christ. You say, that's pretty severe. Now listen, not just in his own heart did he speak against the Lord Jesus Christ. He was a blasphemer. But then this, he was the persecutor. In fact, his testimony and his reputation so preceded him that after he gave his life to the Lord, when he came back to Jerusalem, listen, the church didn't want him in there. That's the truth. You go over into Acts chapter 9, chapter number 10, when he showed up back in Jerusalem, the disciples said, "Mm -mm. we don't want him there. 
And Barnabas, that encourager, the one who came alongside of him said, hey, hold on now, I've seen what God's done in his life. And they believed Barnabas. Can I say this? The church was wrong in believing that the same way the church is wrong today when someone tries to walk in and we say, hold on, I don't want that kind here. The church was wrong then and it's wrong today. That's just a side note today, okay? Just a side note that, listen, that's who this man was. But then the Bible says, not just did Paul say he was a blasphemer and he was a persecutor, but then Paul said this, and injurious. You know what that means? You go back and look that up and see the context of it. That simply means one who is fighting against someone else to take their rights away. I thought, maybe we ought to start using that term today. Anyway, that's another message. Injurious, listen, he didn't believe in the freedom of religion. He was so fighting against it, he said, listen, it will cost you your life if Paul found you. You didn't have the right to worship Jesus how you saw fit. You didn't have the right. How many are thankful for America this morning that we have the right to be able to worship God according to our conscience and uh, we get to proclaim the word of God. We get to be able to preach. We get to be able to pray. We get to be able to sing. Now listen, if Paul was around, he was injurious and he would be fighting tooth and nail to be able to take our rights away from us. That's another message. Felt a little bit on that one I'm thinking about. Injurious. Now listen, that's who Paul is. You say, Pastor, that's, that's really bad of you to talk about Paul like that. He's not even here to defend himself. Now hold on, that's not me talking about Paul. That's Paul talking about Paul. That's Paul saying, listen, this is who I am. But I want you to know that Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners. Now, I believe with very good authority and maybe stepping out on a limb here that I can say there's no one under the sound of my voice that would say they're as bad as the Apostle Paul. There may be nobody here that would say, well, I'm, I'm only here to persecute the church. You might be here for that. But anyway, that's another message in and of itself too. But we may be looking at this and we may be saying, hey, I'm not as bad as Paul. I don't know how many times I've sat down with those inside prison. You know, there's some pretty bad people inside prison. And I've been able to sit down with them. Boy, they start giving, giving their history. And listen, I don't, I don't want to ask. I don't want to know. I don't need to know what's going on in their past. I just know Jesus can save them. And I had some recently that they would say, but pastor, what about my past? What about what I've gone through? What about what I've done? Listen, I've had men that have sat down and say, listen, they're in some of the category of what Paul's done right here. And be able to look at him and say, hey, let me tell you about another man in the Bible. And be able to say, hey, this is what Paul went through in his life. This was his position. In fact, he was on his way to arrest Christians and to be able to persecute them and to be able to end their lives when Jesus saved his life and saved his soul. It's amazing. The, the smiles, the peace, whatever can come over the life of an individual when they realize, hey, 
There's someone actually worse off than me. And Jesus saved them. The severity of it. Listen, some people say, well, I'm, I'm too bad. You know what some people also say? I'm too good. Well, I'm not the Apostle Paul. I'm a, I'm a pretty good moral person. And that may be the truth. But guess what? Morality is not getting you to heaven. Good works are not getting you to heaven. I want you to see this, not just the severity of the need, but I want you to see because the title of the message today is the simple mission of Christ. And I want you to see the source of this mission. The source of this mission. He says in verse number 14, look at this. After he says he's a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious, he says, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. Boy, I'm so thankful, and I'll just say it right here, and then I'll get into the explanation. I'm thankful for the grace of God today. I am so thankful for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for His love. Listen, it is out of His love that He extends His grace to us. And no other reason. You say, well, I'm a moral person. Listen, your morality does not gain you favor with Jesus. I think I need to say that again. Your morality does not gain you favor with Jesus. Well, I'm a good person. I try to help everybody that I can. I'm going to help little old ladies across the street, little old men across the street. I'm going to do all of this good. That's wonderful. Can I say this? That's not getting you into heaven. That's not even going to get your toe in the door up there. That's not even getting you a foothold. Because listen, if it was based on your morality or my morality or your good works or my good works, listen, it wouldn't be grace. And it wouldn't be love. It would be earned. And it would be merit instead of morality and instead of Christ. The source of this mission that the Lord Jesus Christ has. Now listen, when the Bible says that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, that simple statement, listen, engulfs such a vast truth. You say, what's it mean came into this world? Well, we can start, we could go all the way back to John chapter number 1 because the Bible says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You understand that Jesus left heaven? I don't know one person other than Jesus that would say, listen, I'm in perfection right now and I'm willing to leave and to be able to go down to that filthy, rotten earth that's full of sinners. I've never met one that would be willing to, to do that or say that. Listen, we wish that sometimes. How many of you ever don't raise your hand because once we get thinking about it, we don't want them to come back. Listen, I've got a mother up there. I've got a father up there. All my grandparents are up there. You know, at first I'd be like, listen, I sure wish I had my mom back. Well, then I start thinking, I don't think she'd want to come back. She's got heaven. I thought about it recently. Now you think about this. Do you understand that Lazarus was enjoying paradise for four days? And Jesus came and brought him back to this earth. 
I mean, he was enjoying all of that. And now, can you imagine the angel that had to go up and tell Lazarus, excuse me, we need to send you back. <laughs> I mean, can you, I mean, imagine that taking place. I just wonder after Jesus was gone, I wonder the conversation that he had with Mary and Martha. Hey, do you understand what I was doing? You understand where I was? And you wanted to have me come back to this? Hey, listen, Jesus left all of that, left it willingly, full of grace and full of love. Why? Because he realized the severity of what mankind is in. He understood that. He understood when he looked at your life and looked at my life. Listen, there is sin that we can't do anything about. We have broken God's law. We understand that without Jesus making that sacrifice for us, listen, there is no reconciliation to God. Jesus understood that. Listen, it was the only way. It was the only way. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I believe in eternity past, had a conference between the three of them, all one of them. Yeah, we still believe that around here. And as he looked at that, hey, listen, we're going to create mankind. It's not going to be long. They're going to sin. They're going to choose their own way. And there's a sacrifice. Listen, the plan was already laid out before Adam took his first breath. John said in Revelation that he saw a lamb as had been slain since the foundation of the earth. The plan was already set. Why? Because God so loved the world. And God so loved his creation that, listen... He desires to spend eternity with each and every one of us. That's how much God loves us. And that's what caused Christ Jesus to come into this world to save sinners was His grace and His love and His mercy that He desires to bestow upon each and every one of us. That's the God that we serve. The statement, Christ Jesus came into the world. Now, can I also make mention of this in verse number 15? It says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. You say, what do you mean? Well, it's faithful, it's true, and listen, it's worthy, it's deserving enough, it is important enough for you to accept it. You ever talk to someone and they told you, we would call it a fish story. Anybody ever gone fishing and caught something, I mean, that big between the eyes? I mean, just, and, and the fish story just continued, we'd, we'd say, I don't know if I can accept that as truth. Now listen, when the Bible says that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, that's deserving of you accepting that truth. Because it is faithful and it is true. Deserving of it. So if you're here today and you say, well, I'm not a blasphemer, I'm not a persecutor, I'm not injurious. Listen, he didn't say he just came to save the blasphemer and the persecutor and the injurious. He said he came to save sinners. Now listen, I fit into that category. I don't remember a time that I blasphemed the Lord, but I'm a sinner. 
I don't remember a time that I persecuted the church of God. You say, oh, you do every Sunday. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember a time, listen, that I was actively trying to destroy lives and to kill people that were worshiping the Lord. You say, I don't remember that. Hold on now. It didn't say he just came to save the persecutor. He came to save sinners. And let me say this. If you'd be honest with yourself this morning, you'd acknowledge that you're in that category. And if you'd admit that you're a sinner, you'd understand Jesus came to save you. And boy, that would bring great joy. You say, well, what's the simplicity of our mission then? We see the source of His mission. We see the simplicity, the simple mission of Christ. What about me? Look what Paul said here. He said in verse number 16, and this, boy, I love this statement. How be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me... First, Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering. Jesus is trying, he, he believes Jesus is trying to show something in his life. Do you understand long suffering? Jesus endured what Paul was doing till Paul got saved and showed long suffering. Can you imagine Paul afterwards saying, Jesus had every right to wipe me off the face of the earth? to end his life, to finish him. But he showed long-suffering, and then look at this, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. And I thought, the Lord has showed us mercy, has showed long-suffering to us, listen, so that we can show that it can be shown in our lives, but then we can understand we can glorify God with our lives too. And what Paul was saying here, I'm thanking Christ Jesus the Lord who's enabled me, put me into the ministry. And then he said in verse number 17, Now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. You understand in this verse of Scripture is only a few verses after from saying, I was a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious, now unto the King eternal, and gives all the glory and the honor to the Lord Jesus Christ forever and ever with His life. And I thought, listen... What's our mission? Now listen, we can look back and we can say, hey, I was a sinner, maybe not as bad as the Apostle Paul, but let me ask you this, how many lies do you have to tell to be a liar? One. How many times do you have to steal to be a thief? Once. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter the amount of it. We're all sinners before Almighty God. But when God saves us, it's not on our merit. It's not on our good works. It's not in your morality. When He saves us, listen, our mission is simply to be able to give glory and honor to the Lord Jesus for the remainder of our lives. Now, as I look at this, I say, Lord, the simplicity of your mission. Yeah, He came to save sinners. That's why He came. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. I don't want us to get unfocused on what the mission of Christ was or what the mission of Granite State Baptist Church is. If it was simple enough for Christ that His entire life pointed to the cross 
And the reason for that is because what took place on the cross by the Lord Jesus Christ dying on the cross, listen, He became your sin and mine. He took our penalty upon Himself as He was there on that cross. You say, listen, He was only on there for a few hours. You understand the severity of the punishment and the judgment that was poured upon Jesus in those few hours to pay for your sin and mine. But that's what He came for. It's what He came for. Let me ask you something. I wonder in our lives, and we can rejoice. I remember the day that I trusted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I wasn't a blasphemer. I wasn't a persecutor. I wasn't injurious. But I knew that I was a sinner. And I knew that I needed Jesus. And I believe there's several here today that would be able to give that same testimony of remembering that day when they realized they were a sinner, realized that, listen, they cannot save themselves and understood that Jesus was the only way. And you said, I'm giving my life to Jesus. Boy, what a day that is. What a day to be able to go back to and say, hey, this is when I trusted Christ, gave my life to Him, believe Him for all of eternity. I'm so thankful for that day. Can I say this? If you're here today and you've never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you would say, Pastor, I don't have that day. Listen, you have a greater need than what you realize this morning because you're without Jesus. And it would be our prayer this morning that you would acknowledge your need for a Savior and you would call upon the Lord for salvation because that's what the Bible says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. But whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We understand this from the Scriptures. Listen, if you say that's me this morning, listen, there is great hope for you. There's great hope because you're still breathing and there's still an opportunity for you to be able to call upon the Lord and be able to get that matter of salvation settled. But if you're here today and you are saved, may I say this, I wonder with the Apostle Paul if we are with our entire life and we're a pattern and we're showing to those that are around us a life that is glorifying to the King Eternal because of what Jesus did for us. Listen, If Jesus saved our souls for eternity, the least we can do is is exalt and glorify Him while we're here on this earth. That's the least we can do because of what Jesus has done for us. Listen, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I haven't spent much time on these five words, but here's what Paul said. Of whom I am chief. Now I believe there's some throughout their life that they would say, and and listen, if every one of us would be honest, would be able to say, I give Paul a run for his money on that statement. Of whom I'm chief. Paul was saying, listen, I'm not condemning anybody else, but I'm saying right now, He believed himself to be the worst of the worst in sinners. Now you know why that God was glorified in his life? He said, I didn't deserve this. 
He said, but it was the grace of the Lord full of faith and love in the Lord Jesus Christ that saved his soul. You say, Pastor, that's me. I feel like I'm the chief of sinners. Guess what? God can save you. You say, well, I'm just a, I'm just a little sinner. Still a sinner. And God can save you too. And guess what? You still need God to save you. Well, I'm not Paul. I'm not, I'm not that bad. Sin still separates. And if you're here this morning, you don't have that nailed down. Can I beseech you this morning? Get salvation settled between you and the Lord. This could be the day that you say, this is when I accepted that faithful saying. Or for those of us that are saved, are you glorifying Him? King eternal, immortal, invisible. Be glory forever and ever. Amen.